You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 10th and final episode of the Bulldog Hours third season. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy to believe that you just said this is our 10th episode. Yeah, most yeah. we've ever done. Yeah, it's hard to believe we did, got 10 episodes in this year, but it's been a fun ride. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously, bittersweet here, end of the season the Bulldogs aren't playing anymore, so we're wrapping things up. Like I said, we're going to put a bow on 2017. It's crazy to think about as we discussed uh, two and three weeks ago how fast the season, once it got started, it just steamrolled and snowballed, and here we are. And uh, 12 weeks, you know, 12 games gone in a flash. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how fast things went. I felt like uh, September in general, like, you know, it was kind of spread out, but next thing you know, like, Seems like October didn't exist, and yeah. we were in the middle of November. Yep. And now, now we're heading into Thanksgiving week. It, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, to to think that uh, that it's over, it's it's tough to fathom. And I know um, the only people, um, you know, more disappointed that it's over are uh, the senior players uh, and uh, the ones that aren't going to be uh, putting on that helmet or jersey again for Wilson. Obviously, uh, very disappointed for it to be over, but it all comes to an end at some point. And I think, especially at the beginning of the year, if they we would have talked about making it into the district semifinals, I think a lot of people would have been happy about that. Yeah, you know, and like there were a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, as the year goes on, as with any any season, you're going to see that. Um, but you know, there were a lot of people panicking early in the year. Um, you know, and we tried to. I'm not it wasn't just us. I'm not trying to say that. There are a lot of people who are trying to, um, you know, write the ship and just keep everybody calm and, and say um, we would, you know, we'd be all right in the end. And, and I think that's kind of how it turned out. You know, obviously, we talk about this every year. Short short of a state championship, it you're, you're not going to end with a win. You right. Know? And uh, all you can do is try to get better. And I think they did throughout the year. Um, I think that's pretty obvious when you look at a lot of the aspects of it. And, you know, and give it your best shot. And, you know, that that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, only six teams now for the second year. Before it was just four teams got to end the season with a victory. So, a lot of teams are left disappointed when the, when the season comes to an end. But you got to look at it more as a whole. Not just this season, but for a career. You know, the, right. these, these kids are playing, most of them at least three, some of them four varsity seasons. And you got to look back over those three or four years and, uh, you know, take it all into account. And, uh, well, as usual, and we've discussed this on the show many times before, these Wilson players got the opportunity to play more than their fair share of games. Yeah, which, like you said, it's kind of, um, it's an interesting, you know, perspective to take on it when you, when you add that career aspect to, uh, to what you're looking at, you know, um, a lot of these kids, you know, while maybe didn't, didn't quite end the way they would have liked this year, have had more success in their, you know, high school football careers than um, a lot of people can can imagine in their high school athletic career. So, you know, it, it was a good uh, it was a good season, and they were able to uh, 
you know, get things get things turned around and, and have plenty of successful moments um, in season and career uh, at at Wilson. So, you know, best of luck moving forward. We'll we'll get to that part. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already we recapped the ten regular season games. You know, we usually did two per week. Uh, throughout the season on the first nine episodes. We'll talk briefly about them in a little bit. But first up, we want to talk about the playoffs. Wilson was uh, lucky enough to make the District 3-6A field. And actually, they had moved all the way up. Uh, if you watched the previous show, they had moved all the way up to three in the rankings and got to take on the number six team in Week 11, which was Red Lion from York. We previewed that game two weeks ago, and we're going to recap it tonight. And then with the victory over the Lions... Wilson got to a rematch with the Manheim Township Blue Streaks, and obviously, since we said the season's over, uh, Wilson didn't come out on top in yeah, the rematch. Spoiler alert! Yeah, but I I find it hard to believe that anybody would be watching that didn't know that already. <laughs> right, so. right, yeah. We don't we don't uh, usually um, so not a spoiler yeah, alert. I do take spoilers or teases or anything? Although I was teasing this episode because I don't think anyone knows Wilson's schedule for next year, and I have the schedule for next year. And people are interested, and I know um, Eric Thomas, the Central Dolphin broadcaster, who we've, we've gotten to meet and uh, have, have talked to a lot about Lancaster Lebanon League Mid-Pen District 3, yeah. and obviously the great rivalry that Wilson and Central Dolphin has. Uh, I don't know if he knows whether or not Wilson and Central Dolphin will be playing uh, over the next few years. He said that he would be watching to find out, and um, we'll get to that at the end of the show. We will talk about 2018 and more specifically the schedule. And what, maybe I'm making a bigger deal about this than I need to, but it's because it's a new cycle, things are different. People get yeah. used to the, over these two years right. just like well, – You we play played, the same team like right. the same week yeah. and you just rotate home and away. Well, well, that's not how it works. So there's reclassification in PIAA going on. So you have teams dropping from 6A to 5A or jumping from 5A to 6A. You have changes in the Lancaster Lebanon League in sections one, two, and three that are going to alter Wilson's schedule. And then because it's a new tier cycle, teams you expected to play at or host, not necessarily going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see how well received the 2018 Bulldogs schedule will be. And we will get to that at the end of the show after we recap the Red Lion and Mannheim Township games. And before we do that, just a little bit of of a Bulldog Hour business to take care of. Uh, you, you know the drill by now. We're into this ten, 10 episodes now. Make sure you follow and interact with us in any way you feel comfortable. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bulldog hour and facebook.com slash Wilson Bulldogs football. On Twitter, we're at bulldog hour, at Wilson Bulldogs, at Coach Joe Mays, and at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. Find us on Instagram. And you can watch an archive of our show and the other show that Justin and I do, usually focusing on professional sports, most of the time the NFL, uh, youtube.com slash user slash Joe Mays and JRAF show. We also have uh, emails. You can send it to show at bulldoghour.com or joe at bulldoghour.com or go to bulldoghour.com and hit up the contact section. There's a uh, submission page for you to get in contact with us that way as well. And thank you once again to our sponsor. May Sandwich Shop, and to all those that have also donated to the program, Matt Cruz, Andy Herr, and our anonymous supporters, and everyone else that I know likes and shares the stuff we put all around social media, uh, Andy as well, but Bruce Badgley, who we interviewed earlier this season, he's been very supportive and is always uh, retweeting and liking our stuff to help spread the word, because that's Justin's favorite thing to do 
is like and share. Like and share. That's right. Like and share. So other ways you can support the show, we have sponsorship and advertising opportunities, which people actually took advantage of. Now, we didn't get the money, so I don't know how much it helped us out directly, but we had people reach out to us for the district playoff games. The PIAA charges to live stream the games, and you know we had done that for a majority of the games this year. A lot of people were disappointed when I said we wouldn't be doing it because, well, it was going to cost $500 to do the Red Lion game. Well, the parents' organization actually reached out and said, we'll pay that bill. The stream went well. You know, we credited them. And then the next week after Wilson had won, I was contacted by Chris Weichel at Weichel Realty Group. And he said that they would foot the bill for the second round playoff game, which was even more expensive. And, uh, you know, obviously we didn't get to pocket any of that money to help improve the show. But we are very, very thankful for uh, the parent organization and Weichel Realty Group, uh, Chris and Megan Weichel, to... Uh, you know, reach out and say, hey, we'd like uh, this opportunity to support the Wilson football program. And, you know, the, the only thing we, they got in return was a little bit of advertising on the, on the stream, you know, and on the Facebook page. I made sure everyone knew that we're getting this stream that cost a lot of money because these uh, generous uh, organizations and businesses stepped up. It was interesting um, where I was positioned with, with the camera on, uh, on Friday night. There was a guy for like the Lancaster local cable channel um you know it's just local tv and they don't air it live uh because they're not gonna foot the bill to pay uh the fee to be able to stream it live so they uh they show it on delay and you can get a discount we look we saw that when we were sent the information um you can you can show it on delay um for a discounted price but you still have to pay when you show it on delay um yeah so yeah, i think it's like it might be halved, or if you yeah, delay it by it, like a week or something, it's fr I think you can do it for free. I think but you like, can do it for free if it's over a week. If it's a, like, what's the point? Right. So you could have watched the game next Friday, right? For, for free. free. Yeah. But you know, who's, no who's really interested right. in that? I think it's half if you do it by a day or like well, thirty six hours or something. And like see, that. the thing is, because we have a good relationship with the school, we were actually we used the school discount because we were, you know, we were okay. representatives, official representatives of the school doing it through the Wilson football page. So, um, you know, we went through the AD's office. So the first round that we paid 500 or I should say the parents organization paid 500 for, if we would have done it as a private business, which obviously we're not that, mm -hmm. it would have been a thousand. Wow. Second round would have been 1250. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, so just think, keep that in mind too. When when those when those uh, companies are coming to like ask your company if you want to run an ad, you know, beyond just us, but like you know, for like the radio broadcasts or things like that. That um, yeah, they they have a lot that they need to get lined up in order to make those things happen. So. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, we're um, I'm already thinking about next year. Uh, that, I know. That, I know. That well, it started at dinner on Friday after the game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Justin and I had dinner after the game. We already were talking about 2018, and then Saturday I had to send an email at work, and I, I sent a quick one to Drew, and that's how I ended up with the 2018 schedule because I, you know, I had questions. There was stuff up online. I wanted to know if what I was seeing was true because I was a little surprised by it, and the whole schedule wasn't posted online. So I was just like, "Hey, do you know what's going on?" He sent me the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about it in just a little bit, but. Uh, first up, we're going to uh, recap the playoff games, which again, 
uh, November 10th, the quarterfinals in District 36A. November 17th, the semifinals. And we played Red Lion and Mannheim Township, respectively. First up, the Lions on November 10th. Uh, you know, we, we talked about, obviously, if we play the second game, you had to win this one. And this one was all Bulldogs. They were a force on special teams. Yeah, in, in talking to um, some of the people associated with the Red Lion uh, team, at least loosely associated, they were just... They said, you know, just watching Wilson, they said, you guys are just too too big and too fast. Um, which is interesting because, you know, when we're around them, you know, we, we kind of talk about, we feel like when we're previewing a lot of games, we talk about how big other teams are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's just interesting when the other teams are saying that to, to you. It, it kind of provided some perspective there. But like you said, the special teams plays, that's where you kind of see a lot of that sometimes. And it was on full display in in the red line. Yeah, Wilson blocked three punts in the first half. It's un- unbelievable. One led to a touchdown on the next play. One was recovered for a touchdown, and then I think the next one we eventually scored. I don't remember if it was yeah. you know the next play. I think it was within a couple of plays. But right there is twenty one points just because you had great special teams, right. and it wasn't just one person. And we'll see this in the highlights. Uh, you know, you had Weller, Hatley, Johnson, Ventura, all these guys contributing, either blocking or recovering. Price got the touchdown. So uh, all around effort, in, you know, in the cliche, the coach speak is there are three phases to a football game. You need to win at least two of them, if not all three of them, to win the game. And Wilson definitely won the special teams batter, battle. And looking at the score, well, they did pretty good in offense and defense, too. Yeah, yeah, they they. they you could safely say they won all three <laughs> in this round. Yeah, so. definitely. So why don't we take a look at the highlights from the red line game, and then we'll get into player of the game and statistics. All right, so District 368 quarterfinals in West Lawn uh, right before Veterans Day. It was, it was a cold cool. evening. It was freezing. It was frigid. So right there, and... masterful camera work by uh, Mr. Raffoff on that <laughs> one. Uh, that punt was covered by John Ventura. And the next play, it was the play, cold. It was it was cold. The cold. Uh, Iggy Reynoso, 20-plus uh, yards for the touchdown. And then we're going to see the Wilson defense stop a really dangerous dual-threat option at quarterback. He actually had more rushing yards than Iggy did coming into the game, if you can imagine wow. that. Yeah, he was out over 1,500 yards. Now, here's your second block punt, this one by Andrew Weller, recovered by Chris Price. And a, a little bit of a controversy, maybe saying, like, yeah. is he out of bounds right. when he recovered that? But Honestly, I was thinking that as he got it. But. I, at, when it was live, I was thinking that, too. Now, this is going to be the one miscue that Wilson has. The tight end is left uncovered down the field, and Red Lion gets the score to cut Wilson's lead in half, 14-7. to seven. But as you saw from the final, the result listed on the uh, screen earlier, that's all they would get. Now, there's a nice uh, onside attempt there by Red Lion, yeah. but uh, Richie Cruz, senior, uh, didn't Wilson didn't have their hands team in, so a lineman recovery, I like that. Yurig uh, to Roberson set up Wilson's third touchdown, which is all going to be all Yurig. He's going to make some people miss, and he's going to do a nice job of getting to the end zone on the dive. And I have a picture of that. There we go. Oh, that's an awesome picture. And uh, Wilson goes up 21-7. to Now we're going to see another block punt here by Trevor Hatley. This one's recovered by Nick John. Return inside the 10-yard line. And like I said, just a couple plays later, 
I believe Abdul McFoy will take this end of with from me. Yeah. Get into the end Chris zone. Sprout jumping in there. Nick Johnson. Yep. Uh, yeah, a bunch of guys. Sean Hour, Drake, yeah. everyone uh, helping out. And now you're going to see that now this Wilson was up 28 to seven, but Redline threatened that that was a fourth down attempt, and the Wilson swarming D put an end to that. And, and then on the next possession, you're going to see senior quarterback Connor do everything himself, great blocking downfield, being led all the way by Iggy Reynoso. I think I, that, lo- I love the come on, come yeah, on, like yeah, come motions on, by Iggy. On, let's go. <laughs> Looks like a third base coach rounding <laughs> the guy. We're going to see a sack here by Eddie Ortiz, mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago. He is in the Wilson record books for season and career sacks. He wasn't able to eclipse anyone or move to number one, but uh, what a great career he had at Wilson. Just a couple nice plays here from the Bulldogs, and we're going to get to see uh, Iggy do some work here. Now, he would get caught, and I believe, actually, this series would end with a fumble. It was right before halftime. We were thinking, man, it's so cold. It would be nice to get... uh, the mercy rule before half. Yeah. So Wilson got the ball back and they ran a nifty fake punt here. Direct snap to Nick Johnson, hand back the other way to Hatley. And then just a few plays later, Connor Urig would find Chris Roberson, who would make a nice attempt to come back to the ball, shake a, a tackle, get into the end zone. Wilson goes up 42 to 7 at half after the made extra point by Frankie Cox. And the mercy rule was in full effect when the second half started, which was very nice on a, yeah, such a much, cold much evening. Yeah, much appreciated. Now, the Wilson defense came out, continued to play well. A lot of guys, uh, seniors, backups, and JV got plenty of time in the second half and, uh, you know, would help Wilson win and move on. Now we get a little bit glimpse of the future here with Avanti sophomore Avante Lockhart. On a nice run, <laughs> yeah. he and Abdul will handle the rushing duties next year. It's generally tough to replace Iggy, and anytime you have a star like that, yeah. But it's it is nice to know Just, Abdul will be back and Avanti's in the wings. Career touchdown and rushing right. yards in record Burks. holder in Burks County. Yeah. We got to see a couple of young guys and backups make some interception right there. We got Brady Gibble, and you're going to see near the end of the game, uh, Hoekstra, one of the Hoekstras, I yeah. should say with an interception as well. Senior Hunter Regal showing his wheels. And I believe here you're going to see the interception by Hoekstra. He just kind of comes down with it. This is a game that the bounces went Wilson's way. It yeah. didn't happen much this year, but this was one of them. We'll take it. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, happy about that. Wilson got the win, even though the wind was the wind and temperature was absurd. I think it was yeah. like 22 Yeah, about... Uh, it was bitter. It was frigid. So on the fake punt, um, the guys who were uh, working the camera for Redline told me that now they f- said they felt like this was a long time Oops. ago, but they thought they saw that play from Wilson like in the archives decades ago. Yeah, and and used it, and they've used it on their team. They coached the ninth grade team, and they've used it on their team. And then they watch Wilson run it against them, and they're like, "We should have known." Like, <laughs> but it, it, well, again, not, believe, these weren't these weren't the guys like you know coaching right, this right. team right now. It was just guys kind of watching, like I do. But I believe, and this makes sense, that Wilson only runs the, their fake one time. I, I think they have multiple. I believe like, how often do you run a fake punt? Maybe four times a year, if right. that. Right. So you probably have you know five or six go tos, but and you run them once a year. But I know you and I were both thinking. Oh, the fake was oh, coming, absolutely. Yeah. How how do you not expect it? It's late in the first half. 
it's so disgusting weather-wise. <laughs> We're up by 28. You need to get to 35. What do you have to lose? Right. Defense has been playing well. You yeah, have a right. lead, like... Even the special teams playing well, offense too. You're up. You're up uh, thirty-five to seven. At and that you're point. getting the ball to start the second half. And it, it has nothing to do with sportsmanship or running up the score. No. You want to get to that mercy rule so you right. can pull your starters and end the second half quickly, especially with the what, what Mother Nature was throwing at everyone. Right. So it, yeah, it, it just was kind of everything came together. It was per- made perfect sense to do it, and they executed it very well. So all right. So. Quick look at the statistics from the Week 11 win over Red Lion. Again, 42 to 7. First downs, Wilson had 16. The Lions, 9. Wilson racked up 288 rushing yards to Red Lion, 69, which is huge because, like I mentioned, they were gashing teams in York. You know, they yeah. went 8 and 2 in the York League. Now, they lost two of their the last way. three. Yeah. And did you see? The yeah, York I know where you're going. Um, we, you know, it's always a talk of District 3 of York, of, of the conferences the leagues that send teams to the district three playoffs york is by far considered the weakest right and they didn't help their case this year because well throughout all six classifications they sent nine teams to the district three playoffs all nine lost and, most and i lost believe big. i think six or seven of them lost by Mercer. like yeah 28 to 35 points yeah yeah, uh, the closest one was Dallastown against Hempfield. Yeah, they where they were leading up for to a the while. last minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and actually, someone from I believe the York Daily Record wrote an article about how like York, the York League is doing some soul searching because they haven't you know performed well over the last decade, and this was kind of like a bad feather in the cap yeah. for them to go zero and nine and get absolutely housed in a lot of those games. So, uh, but Red Lion, you know, they were putting up, they were an offensive juggernaut. The the rushing attack was loaded with um uh thrown at quarterback and Wilson held them combined for 69 yards rushing. Passing yardage Wilson 110 red line 164. Total yards Wilson just a shade under a 400 at 398. Red line got to 233. Time of possession pretty close. The Bulldogs 2301 to Red Lions 2459. Third downs Wilson just 3 for 8 but Red Lion 1 for 12. Defense Ooh. getting it done there. Fourth down, Wilson was 50%, one of two. Red Lion, just one of four. And in the red zone, surprisingly, Wilson was one of four. But I think most of those, other than uh, the fumble, were right. as a result, I believe, of the the backups, the second unit, the JV team, right. um, driving down the field, but then not able to punch it in. Because I don't, other than the fumble, I don't know that the starting unit, when else were they inside the 20 and didn't score? I don't think they were. Yeah, I feel like that they, they got one against them. One, They got one, and they lost one, and then the other... Uh, the other two, I believe, were was the uh, the non-starters. And Red Lion was 0 of 1. We showed that in the highlights. A uh, big fourth down swarming sack by the Wilson defense to end that Red Lion threat. Individual performances, senior quarterback Connor Yerg was 6 of 7. 6 of 7. <laughs> for 100 yards, two touchdowns passing. He rushed three times for 92 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Iggy, a little quiet night for him. Just 77 yards on 11 carries. One of one touchdown. And he had one catch for 17 yards. But when your quarterback runs for 92 on three carries and you go up that big that quickly, and yeah. a lot of times you're working a short field because of the pump blocks, you know, it's going to happen. But he still got 77 yards on a touchdown. Abdul McFoy had two rushes for eight yards on the score that we showed you. Chris Roberson, four catches, 78 yards, one of them a touchdown. And we, I mentioned him briefly during the highlights, senior defensive end Eddie Ortiz, seven and a half tackles, two of them for loss, and a sack. 
Uh, sophomore safety Matt Fry, five and a half tackles, although he did leave the game with an injury and missed the Mannheim Township game. Junior linebacker Nick Johnson, five and a half tackles, two for loss, half a sack, a punt block, and a punt block return. Senior linebacker Trevor Hatley, four and a half tackles, two and a half for loss, a sack, a punt block, and a fake punt conversion on the 22-yard rush. Senior outside linebacker Andrew Weller had three and a half tackles, one and a half for loss, a pass breakup, and one punt block that led to the uh, recovery touchdown by Chris Price, who also had two tackles, one of them for loss, and half a sack. We mentioned John Ventura, the sophomore uh, defensive lineman and offensive lineman. He had a punt block recovery. And Brady Gibble and Nate Hoekstra had interceptions in the second half. So looking back on all of it, we we felt he didn't get love enough throughout the year. He was always in the running for our player of the game. But we decided after the game against Redline that he was going to be our guy. So our Week 11 player of the game is senior quarterback, and apparently safety, yeah. Connor Urig versus Redline. We'll get to that shortly here. But like I just said, uh, 100 yards passing and two scores through the air. And he also had uh, 92 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So uh, statistically one of his better games. Yeah, it was one of those things where, um, you know, you kind of have to take what they give you. And he certainly did <laughs> against Redline, whether it was through the air 6-7 or, seven, or um, on the ground where he, you know, was able to pretty much do whatever he needed to do. Um, yeah, he had a dominant game in that first half against Redline, and right. that was exactly what they needed to do. Absolutely. So Wilson awaited to hear from uh, Mr. Sear announcing the scores. Who are they going to play? Well, in Neffsville, Mannheim Township was hosting Central Dolphin in a 2-7 matchup, and the Blue Streaks would beat the Central Dolphin Rams 28 to nothing. Central Dolphin lost their quarterback on, the, I believe, the first play from scrimmage yeah and Manheim Township just uh you know was able to win each phase of the right. game despite and, turning the ball over five yeah, times right so. they overcame that to still get the shutout and score four times so we knew that Wilson would be headed back to Manheim Township in week 12 with a trip to Hershey on the line so uh, we'll go right into that game so we can get to uh the recap the uh, look ahead to the 2018 season and talk about, again, for the second time in a month, the Manheim Township Blue Streaks. Wilson heading back to Nashville again. Seems to be a running theme. And the result, a little bit different than last time, but not any better for the Bulldogs. They fell 28-14 to to Manheim Township. And I said to Justin, throughout the game, it felt like deja vu because I felt like the game went exactly how the game in week eight did. Yeah, like, it, it was felt exactly the same. Yeah, it, it really did. Um, there were moments where, you know, what I was sending messages to you saying, like, I was hoping it was feeling different. And there were glimmers of that. And then, you know, just something would happen, you know, and it just but it, it wasn't any one thing. It, it, it came up like every time, multiple times throughout the game where I thought maybe we were turning the corner. Just something would happen. And you're just like. I can't believe this. And we talked about that a lot throughout the year. We kind of mentioned it when we were going through the red line highlights about yeah. how, man, the ball just kind of bounced our way that night. And it didn't seem like that happened a lot this Which year. felt like maybe at 12 games, maybe I felt two times that I was like, oh, the ball's going, you know, the football guys are smiling on us tonight. Right. So, you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes. And I'm sure we'll see some of that uh, when we take a look in a little bit. I don't think it's a stretch or really a, you know, a bad thing to say that, Based on what we've seen now, Manheim Township was the better football team this yeah. year. 
Yep. You lose to a team twice, and it's hard to convince yourself otherwise. Right. But Wilson was in both games. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And because the margin of error was so slim, you couldn't shoot yourself in the in the feet right. at at any point of the game. And unfortunately, that happened far too often. It two times a month apart. You right. Know, right. Like, yeah. I'm talking about right, both games. Right. But and and like you said, when in in this particular situation, you. You're looking. Any one thing could could be enough to not win the game, right. right? And when you have multiple things in each game, it's just it's tough to overcome. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, one of one of the guys up there, not he was just kind of a, a media guy, was just talking to me, and he was asking about it. And I, you know, I kind of said those those exact things. You know, like they needed they needed to kind of hit on all cylinders tonight, and at moments they did, but you know, just tough to kind of put it together, especially when there's a really good team trying to keep you from doing that right. lined up across from you. I said, it's just different because, you know, Wilson's not used to being in that situation very often, you know, which, which is also the truth and a good thing, you know, <laughs> like that's just the reality of it. But, um, and the guy goes, yeah, well, I guess you could kind of see everybody's due for those every 10 years or so. Like, right. And he just said it like smirking to me, like, no one's gonna feel sorry for you. No, I, and, I didn't trust right, me. No, no and, one expects right. And, and this to feel guy, we had a lot of good conversation throughout the game. So he was just like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, well, I mean, we said but, it. This was a once in a decade team for Manheim Township. They were massively senior laden. We now, said it after the years. Wilson game last year. Oh when, yeah, when oh yeah. Dove into yeah, well, the end zone as time expired. Well, nearly as time expired. We talked with Coach Doms, and he said as soon as that game was over, and you know, we were pretty upset not like angry just disappointed because we knew that Yuri had gotten injured right to, to right. score he had gotten injured so you know we're thinking bigger things and the starting quarterback goes down but you know we talked with coach doms after the game and he said every one of those guys is back next year yeah and we have to go there and you know we did that in week eight right. and now here we are again i said it, it felt like deja vu it felt exactly the same just four weeks later but you know that's what happens. Sometimes. Yeah, and credit to them. Like you said, like we said, they were they were ready to go. Um, they're they're a very good team, and yeah. like I'm really intrigued to see how they do with Cumberland Valley. Yeah, let me rephrase that. I'm kind of intrigued to see the result. I'm not actually that intrigued to like <laughs> follow it, but yeah. I'm intrigued to see the result of when they play Cumberland Valley um, because I thought Cumberland Valley was going to have an easier time with Hempfield, and they they handled their business, but. Um, it just wasn't exactly the outcome right. I expected. So, I mean, I think Township has the pieces they need. So, well, yeah. enough about that, though. <laughs> this is – it's interesting, though, because it's uh, – not to diverge too far into talking about the, a district championship game that Wilson's not a part of, but Manheim Township is making their first ever appearance in the district championship game. And you have the most decorated big school, the highest yeah. classification – team in who, history in district three history in cumberland valley feels as though they let one slip away last year quite possibly they were yeah 14 nothing at half right yep 14 nothing at half against wilson charlie catcher gets hurt did he get hurt in the second quarter or right in no the it was the third i quarter? think it was in the in the second half okay he played with like one arm in the second most of the second half yeah and he, he still played but it most just of the was time. not yeah, the he same. was in and out but there were multiple factors but that was a definite factor but Wilson came roaring back and won that game. So, like, I have to believe – I know it's a different season. I know it's all those things. But um, we talked about that last year with the Wilson team, you know, how they had kind of missed an opportunity with the loss to CD East the year before. Right. 
I have to believe that that's going to be on the mind of some of the Cumberland Valley players who, especially the guys like Charlie Catcher who have been through that, you know, they, right. they understand. Now he, they, this is Cumberland Valley's third straight trip because they beat Central Dolphin in that seven right. overtime thriller in 2015 where everyone thought Wilson would be one of those teams. Right. Then last year, Wilson came back and beat Cumberland Valley. So now Cumberland Valley heading back for the third straight year. And I mentioned this on shows last year when we were looking at the district championship game. But once again, one of Wilson or Cumberland Valley is in the district championship game. I think there's only nine in the history of, of 4A. Well, the, the largest, the largest classification, because at one point it was 3A, and then for a while it was 4A, now it's 6A. Wilson or Cumberland Valley has played in, I think, all but in like nine of them. And again, happening this year. And I believe this is Cumberland Valley's 21st District 3 title game. That's absurd. Yeah, that's crazy. But anyway, and I think I think we've mentioned this. If not, we I know we've talked about it. Um, I think Wilson is the only LL school to win the district title at the largest classification. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're well, right about least, that. At least since it's gone to four and six A. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know about the early, early. Well, the the or like the three, first three or four years of a three A was right. the biggest classification. I don't, I don't know that, but I, I'm I'm pretty, pretty sure certain, you're right about right. that. Other teams have played in it; they right. just haven't. Which won. Which is funny because Wilson is the school, not from Lancaster or right. Lincoln County. Yeah, yeah. Irony. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's take a look at the highlights from the game at Mannheim Township. The semifinals game just played two nights prior, and again, it just it felt so similar. Like it, I kind of was like, "Man, I can't believe we're back here." Yep. It, just another time. And uh, it just it felt so similar, just the way things started. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know in the previous game, Wilson scored first, but just the aura around the game, just it felt just like the end of yeah. October. So they, Township got the ball to start. Right, they did. And, they did, man, their formation shifting was crazy all night. Right there you yeah. saw uh, Trevor Tanga knock down a pass. Uh Man, if he could have held on to that, right. that would have been uh, quite an early uh, game change of momentum. Right, but here, third, was third and eleven, you know, and are able to get get by and and get that touchdown, you know, to go up seven nothing. Right. And now, third down conversion that that was a big score last time on on a big third down. Right, for them. and but Wilson didn't give up and no. actually ended Answered up converting incredibly well. Two fourth and shorts on the right. drive. Yep. Yeah. And and they were just churning the clock on this one too. Yep. I mean this was a eating textbook, up time, eating up time and then textbook Wilson Yurg like finds old school Wilson drive until the long pass for the touchdown. But, <laughs> until Yurg finds Chris Roberson wide but open. When you think about that long play, Captain eighteen play, eight minute drive for a touchdown. You know, and they scored on a big play. <laughs> and unfortunately the third play of the township drive after the score and he Third and long. Third and yeah, third and seven, third and eight. Emge takes it to the left side, all the way down inside of the five. And two plays later, Township would score. Uh, I believe Grayson Saladay, or was it Emge? I think I think it's Saladay from the from the direct snap, the yeah. direct snap, and yeah, he would give them a fourteen to seven lead. Now Wilson would get momentum because they would absolutely smoke and stop Township in the second quarter. Unfortunately, on the very next play. 
is an interception. Uh, Saladay went down hurt on that play, so he was out for at least a play. Wilson tried to attack their secondary, and it just didn't go their way. And now here, this is fourth and long, and an beautiful pass from Emge, splitting the defense. That's why the kid's going to Harvard. (laughs) Two plays later, he keeps it for the sneak and the score to go up 21-7, and that, just like in October, was right before halftime. Now, Wilson would fight back. They get a quick... they were, I think they actually punted, forced right. a township punt, right. then scored to cut it to 21-14. They then forced a three and out from township, a punt, and then, you know, we talk about the football gods and the ball not bouncing your way. Uh, something happened here on the punt return. Uh, Iggy went to pick it up when he shouldn't have, and township ended up recovering that fumble. And I believe on the very next play. It was the very next play. Emge makes another nice throw behind the defense. And they score to go up 28-14, which it, that was really uh, – that was killer there. Uh-huh. Now, Wilson tried to uh, save one last chance on a fake punt, a different one, a pass this time, but they were called for an illegal procedure penalty. Would end up punting it away, and they got the ball back a couple more times. Oh, here, I highlighted this ridiculous roughing the passer. Yeah. Did you, had you seen that before? Um, I didn't see it live, but I yeah, I'm gonna to be honest. That after I, I saw after it live, the play, and I couldn't believe it. After the play, the, the township parents and players and players on the sideline were all yelling at the kid. No, I know. Like, no, no, I know. But so I didn't see it because I followed. I tracked the ball. Like tried to do it with yeah, the yeah. camera. You did your job. Yeah. Unlike earlier. Yeah. So Unlike the block punts, <laughs> I was able to do my job here. And so when I did that, I didn't see it. I didn't even know there was a flag. I heard someone say it, but then like they're yelling at him, and he was he was talking to the officials, and the, then his teammates were yelling at him more. It reminded me a lot of a situation we saw a few years ago when we saw Michael Parsons at Central Dolphin, yeah, and his, his teammates, teammates were, were losing their minds, yeah. screaming at him. Yeah, that when was, he was 2015. In 10th grade, that was 2015. Um, yeah. So anyway. It, it reminded me of that situation. Where they're except like, what I, are you doing? Now, I was, for, I was yeah. further removed yeah. here. There we were 10 right yards away. Line, yeah. And here, um, you know, this, I was obviously further removed on top I of the just, press like, box. It, it's so odd to me because it's not like he threw it and he was running at him. He literally stops. Oh, like, watch. Wow. He got through. He's going to see the ball thrown and then just runs up and decks it. Yeah. I just didn't understand it. Yeah. I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, so Township ended up fumbling, which some of the problems they had last week against Central Dolphin. People were not pleased that they were throwing tosses either. But these are just some of the perspective you get when you're yeah, on from, top of the uh, home stands. <laughs> but uh, from from other parents and uh, fans and whatnot, always a good time but, hanging out with with those. Yeah, people. your favorites. Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> um, not quite different than uh, student section sitting yeah, with the parents. Also, your favorites. Yeah. Oh, they are my favorite but, for sure. You know, everyone's just they get wrapped up in it. But anyway. Um, you know, it. You can pretty much see uh, what we were talking about there. You know, th- there was just a, such a thin, um, you know, margin of error, and just too many little things here and there. Um, you know, whether it's long, y- you pin them back, and and we give up a long conversion, or whether you know, you know, we make a play, but you know, weren't lined up right, or, or something like that, right. along those lines. And maybe not even just this game, but if you look back to the times where uh, there were struggles, kind of, we talked about the season had. Kind of had it had its ups, had its downs. In those downs, it always kind of came down to the the same, you know, core things. Um, you know, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Sometimes, you know, so we we talked about it. a lot of times it just doesn't. You don't get some of those breaks that were were 
accustomed to getting or accustomed to being in a position where if they don't go your way, it doesn't really matter. Right. You know, like I look back at, at the Warwick game last year. You know, we had some things not go our way in that game, but they were able to kind of overcome it, you know, and I would say the, the margin of error wasn't as, as thin last year. Um, and it just, it just was this year. That's the reality of it. And, you know, so be it. So, um, like we said, though, watching the game, Manheim Township was, was a very, it is a very good team. And, uh, that's going to be a heck of a game for them next week. Um, yep. you know, unfortunately we, we don't have another one left. So I, I think, you know, whoever ends up winning coming by Manheim Township, they are going to have quite the time in the, uh, the PIAA yeah. state semifinals because, most likely who will be rating for them is Pine Richland, who With plays Notre State Dame. College this week. But Pine Richland is destroying teams in the Whippeal. They just beat yeah. Pittsburgh Central Catholic, the team that ended Wilson's season last year in the state semifinals. They beat Central Catholic twice this year by mercy rule. They beat them 49-7 to yeah. in the District 7 championship game yeah. at Heinz Field. Yeah, it'll, it'll be... Yeah, it does not matter who it is. It's going to be a tall task. However, <laughs> just to be fair, to, to throw in, if we learned anything from high no, school football I, I know, this past I know weekend, exactly what you're going to man, say. Man, I'm not even going to go into yeah, it. But, well, I'll say whew. here, I'll say congratulations to the Governor yeah. Mifflin Mustangs for one heck of an upset. I know a lot of the media members are to saying. To be honest, it's the upset of the year in Pennsylvania football. It's the upset of the it, year it really to is. date. You know, I think if someone beat Pine Richland, that would be a pretty significant thing. I might be the only thing. one left that um, could do it. Yeah, because people were talking, and us included, that Harrisburg didn't have a chance of losing before the the state championship game, where they would most likely play someone like Archbishop Wood again, who they lost to last year. And, you know, Mifflin took all the advantages that were given to them. They obviously didn't give up. They had a lot of heart. They used weather. They used... Uh, they were down fourteen nothing. Right, they, they were, were down, down fourteen nothing. They scored twenty six on forty answer. degrees, pouring down rain at Harrisburg. It could have been easy to pack it up at that time, and they and did they not. Didn't. So credit to them, absolutely. Um, and way to represent Birch football, man. Whew. Yeah, that that one was heard around not just the state, and that that one went around. One of those games that will be talked uh, about for a long, long time. Yep, national rankings. If you follow any of the uh, the, the high school sports the football coverages that does the national stuff, that one. Um, sent uh, echoes across the nation, uh, no, none bigger than obviously than in Pennsylvania. And a lot of the media members there said that in the time that they've been covering high school football, it's the biggest upset they've ever covered. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. That's it's crazy. All right, well, back, back, to, back to Wilson. Let's, let's, let's wrap up the Township game. Um, Wilson and Township actually tied in first downs. Each one only had nine. Not a big, it was long drives, you know, yeah. uh, very, you know, they just kept drives going. I mean, you talk, Wilson had an 18-play drive, just grounded it out, went to the air when they needed to. Wilson ended up with 95 rushing yards, Township 113. A lot of them was that MG run, though. Like, Wilson yeah. was able to contain Grayson Saladay. He did not have a, a big game. Uh, he's the one that hurt him the first time. This time yeah. it was more... And it's tough when and you man. have those weapons. How you do you look, stop all? You look at some of those throws he made, oh, and yeah. and his ability to run. He's a real deal. He, uh, he, and he came up big at, at the biggest moments. You know, they they were able to capitalize some of those. You know, some of those. You know, defender slips or something. Yeah, they should hit those. There were a couple of those, especially from the my vantage point mm -hmm. on the camera when when Township was going right to left. A couple of those passes, like. Yep. On, 
those are those are incredible throws. Absolutely. And you know what? That's just tip your hat. So passing yards, Wilson one twenty one, Manheim Township one sixty three. Total yards, Wilson two sixteen, Township two seventy six. And kind of paints the, they lost by two scores, but it was a close game. Yeah. And you know, one play here or there, <laughs> complete like we mentioned the w- possible interception at the beginning of the game, right. the fumbled punt return, stopping them on one of the third or fourth and longs. Right. Could could completely change the game. Right. Because if you look at every one of those plays you mentioned, was followed shortly thereafter. If not immediately by a township thereafter, touchdown. by a township touchdown. Yep. Right. Individual stats, senior quarterback Connor Yurd finished 14 of 23 for 121 yards and a touchdown. He also had 12 rushes for 17 yards. Iggy went 15 for 83 and a touchdown rushing. Uh, statistically, a much better performance from him uh, on the stat sheet than in week eight in the October game. He also had two catches for seven yards. And McFoy, 10, or excuse me, two for minus five yards rushing, two catches for 22 yards. Roberson, another good game, six catches, 56 yards, and the touchdown. Nick Johnson had two catches with 26 yards. He also chipped in five tackles on defense. Senior defensive end, Eddie Ortiz, went out on top, seven and a half tackles, three of them for loss. Unfortunately for him, he didn't get any sacks, which would have bumped him up in the season and career list that he was chasing. Uh, That's see, insane, though. Three tackles for a loss. Yeah, and, none uh, of them sacks. Right. What's well, so, I mean? The, we, we saw it in the, in, you know, the highlights you're mentioning. This was third and long. This was fourth and long. They were stopping them on first and second down, giving up negative yardage, 0-1-2, forcing them into third and long or even fourth and long, but they couldn't get off the field there. Yeah. Um, defensive line linebackers were doing well until it got, got the third right. down. When, when there were so many different options out there, it was hard to cover everything. And uh, that that's in the end that that's what bit them. Uh, senior inside linebacker Trevor Hadley had six and a half tackles. Junior safety Joey Fox had four and a half. Senior outside linebacker Andrew Wello had Andrew Weller had four. And senior defensive tackle Quinn Sprout had three and a half. And you know I, I who we we talked about this in week eight. Who do we pick for Manheim Township to be player of the game? Uh, statistically, no one really stood out. And uh, we end up going with Andrew Weller. This time, a lot of the same. You know, do you pick the guy who scores the touchdowns? So is it Roberson or is it Iggy for Wilson's two scores? And in the more I think that we looked at it, while statistically it didn't stand out, there was one player on the field that you could tell, you know, was not ready to be done. And every play, it was he was playing with uh, reckless abandon. And uh, for a change, and as I joked about the last time we talked about him just a few minutes ago, uh, he actually played some defense on yeah. Friday night. So you know when your quarterback at Wilson is also playing defense, uh, it, it, you're, in, you're in dire situations where you know your season could be over. So Connor Yurig gets the call once again as our player of the game in Week 12. 14 of 23 for the 121 yards and a score. 12 rushes, 17 yards, of course. Any sacks are reduced that total. But every play he was out there, you could tell that he he was in it. Like, yeah. This is this is you know, I'm putting this on my shoulders. I'm going to do as much as I can as one person on the field uh, with 10 of my teammates. So. Obviously not eye-popping numbers, but if you're watching the game, I think you'd agree that he was uh, he was in it and ready to go. Yeah, so when, when you look at it, you know, um, like you said, a little, little tough to pick, but Connor definitely 
uh, gave it everything he had and, uh, you know, was, was leading the team and, and trying to do his best to overcome those things that we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, he, he fought to the end and, and that's all you can ask from your, 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 your quarterback and, and, you know, a leader on this team, you know, and so, you know, congrats, you know, for winning player of the game. Thanks for doing a, a great job all year. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, we're, Unfortunately, this is, happens every year when the season ends. You, there's players you're not going to get to watch again anymore on the field, right. at least in a Wilson uniform. Many of them are going to go on to play college football. And um, maybe we can do an off-season show and update that or at least try to get something out on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to announce where these guys are playing college football. I, uh, <laughs> I believe actually Trevor Hatley just got an offer from Sacred Heart. Oh, nice. Um, I'm not sure if, if he's going there or if it was just an offer, but you is know, that, it's always nice to know. Is that where his brother Yes, went? I believe it is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, congratulations to Trevor on that. And, uh, well, there are 23 senior members of the team that will be graduating as part of Wilson's class of 2018. And, uh, put a little collage together of, of all my pictures from this year just to um, showcase those that we won't get to see wear the red and white Wilson Bulldog uniforms next year in the fall of 2018. Uh, so Sam Chisholm, Woodley Catal, Andrew Weller, Trevor Hatley, John Stanisha, Chris Roberson, Trevor Tanga, Alex Rydell, Peter Shuckman, Angel Martinez, Connor Urig, Hunter Regal, Richie Cruz, Quinn Sprout, Wyatt Schonauer, Chris Price, Iggy Reynoso, Iggy Reynoso, Sean McAndrew, uh, James Pluvius, uh, Julian Harris, Eddie Ortiz, Nick Drake, and Frankie Cox. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, great run, guys, and uh, congratulations on, on your senior season. Yeah, and for those guys that were there for, you know, three uh, three years, you, you got a district title, which is, uh, you know, I, every everyone wants to win states, but winning District 3 is a huge accomplishment, yes. and uh, they were able to do that. And each year in the playoffs, playing more games than, than they're guaranteed. And, uh, you know, just another solid, solid group of Wilson seniors. So, well, you know, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, just, you know, congratulations. We talked about the way the season started out. It was, uh, it was a little tough, but uh, they did a great job. So, you know, in, in terms of the show, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I know, I know they, they won't do this quite yet. At least as a team, um, you know, kind of take some time. I know the banquet is coming up. Yeah, yeah, the banquet will be in a couple weeks. That'll but kind then, of be uh, the end. And then after that, you know, they they kind of turn the page and on to next year. Yep, seniors will get their jackets and the, the awards will be handed out and then we'll look back on 2017. I will have my video presentation that I did last year. I think I'm going to this banquet. I haven't been to a there banquet since since I played. So been invited the last number of years and wasn't able to, but I think I'll be going this year. And uh, that will really be the end of 2017 then. And once the, the school reopens in the new year, it will be a new year of football. Anyone not participating in winter sports will start their off-season activities with plyometrics and lifting and uh, group activities. Which every year when they are doing the summer previews and they ask Coach Thomas about, how, how do you do it? How do you do it? Every year he talks about it's this the, is how we do it's it. It's the mornings and afternoons in, in January. Yep. You know, it's the mornings and afternoons in it's, February. It's, like uh, it's workouts and film study before school starts. It's right. the um, lifting for the underclassmen, 
first period. You know, you go before school, you lift, work out, get stuff done, and uh, it's that program, those off-season things that allow Wilson to continue the rich tradition that they've created. So while the team's still on 2017, we're actually going to take a look at 2018. And before we do the schedule, I just kind of want to bring up and mention some of the guys that Wilson will have back. Now, a lot of, a lot has been made preseason and during the season, obviously, when you have big names returning at quarterback and running back, that kind of overshadows everything else. But there were a lot of underclassmen that stepped up this season to play key roles. Uh, not all of them were starters, but a lot of them were key contributors. And if I'm counting correctly, Wilson has eight guys coming back on offense that played a significant amount this season. Now, maybe it was more at the beginning than at the end or vice versa. Some of them got hurt and didn't get to play much in the latter half of the season. But eight guys on offense that were either are returning starters or were key contributors this season. So my eight on offense for 2018 coming back, you have running back Abdul McFoy. He'll be a junior. Wide receiver Isaiah Gilmore. He'll be a senior. Wide receiver Troy Corson. He'll be a sophomore. Tight end Nick Johnson. He'll be a senior as will offensive tackle Mike Klein, who started the beginning of the season this year. He'll be a senior next year. Offensive guard Nate Keller, full-season starter. He'll be a junior next year. Offensive guard John Ventura, he started at the beginning of the year. He'll be a junior next year. And offensive center Adam Venino started midway latter half of the season as a sophomore. He'll be a junior next year. So right there. Is, is Abdul a senior next year? No, no, he's a junior next year. Oh, man. Yeah, well, he came up as a freshman. So oh, okay. He, okay. he and John Ventura, um, you know, have already two years under their belt. Nate Keller as well, two years under their belt. But now they're coming back as returning starters or returning contributors. So right there, you got to think there's a good <laughs> chance that eight of the 11 spots could be filled. Now, obviously, guys might shuffle positions and whatnot. And things might change. Uh, and we already mentioned that besides Abdul, you expect to see Avanti Lockhart yeah. play a, a key role at, in the backfield. The biggest issue for Wilson is replacing Iggy, who, like you mentioned, you know, all-time leading rusher, touchdowns yeah. in Burks Arguably the best running back in Burks yeah. ever. Um, you know, so <laughs> At least statistically, that's, right. uh, you can't really argue I know, I know that. some people would throw things no, out. No, I know. But, yeah, they'll say, but, well, you know, 40 years ago, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, we can't. It's not exactly, exactly. fair to compare. Let's generations. stack that guy up. Like, if, have you ever stood next to Iggy? Let's stack well, them yeah, up because well, that's oh my yeah. Gosh. That's always my argument when people bring out like still want to talk about like Babe Ruth and stuff. But, like, right. yeah, Babe Ruth physically compares to the guys that you're seeing nowadays. Right. Which is funny because you know they they give Babe Ruth as this huge guy. You know what Babe Ruth no, weighed most of his career? Two fifteen. Right. Like, this is nothing. They That's portray small. him right. They portray him to be like like this huge, like two eighty, yeah, like, right? Like, like six eight two, like Jared Lorenzen going out there yeah. playing quarterback. So, and I know people then would say we'll put Babe Ruth in the modern day, in you know the, the weight right. training and the discipline. You know, we could go on and on. And obviously, right. talking baseball and football right. shows not the best thing to do. But anyway, you're so you're losing Iggy, uh, Abdul's back, which is nice, and Lockhart looks strong as a sophomore. So. Hopefully, you know, at least by committee, that should be able to hold up. But then the quarterback issue, you have a two-year starter that's leaving and a guy that could throw and run. So um, will Future step up? Will Heckman step up? Could it be one of this yeah. year's sophomores in Eric Veal or Nick Williams? <coughs> or could someone come out of nowhere as a sophomore and steal the job? I highly doubt that. That's but very la, difficult to do. La, well, not as a sophomore, but um, 
Colin Powers a couple As years a senior, ago. senior, right. Right, like, everybody kind of was like, yeah, he, he's competing, but, like, everyone kind of thought it was going to go a different direction. And he everyone thought it was going to be Jake job. Klein, and Colin Powers right. took it, allowing Jake to play defense. Right. So. And, you know, right now, if you had to ask me, based on what we've seen this season, you would guess that Futrick is in line to start, but you can't count out Cameron That's a long time till end of August next year. And we'll so. see what Eric Veal and Nick Williams can do as well. Right. So there's lots of time to figure out the most important position on the field. That That's the thing that's going to – people are going to go in, even if you say Wilson has eight contributors back on offense, when you don't have that quarterback, people kind of – And you've lost Iggy. People are yeah. going to talk about how how are they possibly going to replace fine. him. I'd rather have oh, that. absolutely. The teams in 2013 and 2014 got trashed, especially 2013, throughout the, the, the media previews. And – that lingered, and look what those two teams were able to do. Yep. They went twenty six and two. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pretty amazing. I, I'd, I'd rather be the underdog, that's for sure. Defense, crazier enough, maybe even better numbers wise, because I have eleven. You only need eleven, and right. I have eleven. Uh, now again, all these guys were either starters this year in twenty seventeen <laughs> or contributors. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, like second string or backups. I'm talking about guys that played when it mattered. Right. Uh, so defensive lineman Nate Keller, he kind of shuffles between end and tackle. He'll be a junior next year. Uh, John Ventura, again, another guy I mentioned on offense. He played defensive tackle this year. He'll be back. Another one, 2B sophomore, freshman this year, Jeff Colson. Didn't play too much towards the end of the year, but was in the defensive line rotation as a freshman in the early goings. Obviously, he'll be back. Nick Johnson, I don't have to say much about him. He's back and will be the unquestioned leader of the 2018 team. Greg Smith, who spot started this year uh, against Mifflin uh, and later in the season, he'll be there to compete next to Nick Johnson. Outside linebacker Cameron Magalotti saw time throughout the year uh, and contributed some key plays, and he was an outside linebacker starter by the end of the season. He'll be back in 2018 as a senior. We saw Connor Cook step up towards the end of the year and play some defensive back. He'll be back as a senior next year. Uh, mentioned Joey Fox from the Township game. He's back as a senior next year uh, playing free safety, although we could possibly see him move up to linebacker. Isaiah Gilmore, starter at safety at the beginning of the year that had some injury issues. He'll be back uh, somewhere in the defensive backfield. And then Matt Fry and Troy Corson, both of which missed the Manheim Township playoff game along with Gilmore due to injuries. They're both back in 2018. Matt Fry will be a junior and Troy will be a sophomore. So even throughout there, we're already mentioning guys for 2018 that will be back in 2019. Well, it's one of those key things too. We talk about it every year. Think about all those guys that are returning, you know, and yeah, the run this year wasn't as long as it has been in some other years, but they got two extra weeks of practice. You know, they got two extra weeks of how we break down film, you know, a number of those things. So, those things add up, especially over the course. We talk about this every time, but when you add two or three weeks this year, two or three weeks next year, you know, hopefully maybe even more. But, you know, you add them yep. up over the course of three seasons, that's a lot of extra football that they but, get to see and experience. And well, that's an awesome thing. Talk about another year of off-season activities, another year of right. plyometrics, of weight training, of right. learning the system. And Well, you talked about those two freshmen that came up, like, there's nothing wrong with with ninth grade football. Like it, it's oh, good nothing. and it's great for the development of ninety nine percent of the players. Some guys, you know, are just where they're at at that time are ready for that curve a little bit earlier, and 
a couple of those guys were able to jump in this year and and contribute, and that that's incredible. And it just helps them. That's where they were at that time. A lot of guys aren't ready for that um, and aren't going to get enough out of it to make it worth it. it at Wilson, some schools don't have that option, but at, at Wilson, that's just the reality of it. So, um, you know, you hope that that was the best fit for them, and it appeared to be. And so you you think that moving forward, you know that that helps as well. Yeah, and uh, Troy Corson didn't even wasn't even allowed to play the first two games of the year because of some PIW bureaucracy going on. He missed the Mifflin and Springford games, and I remember talking with some of the coaches in the winter and spring last year. You, you did as well. Yeah. So did um, Coach Fernsley. You know, we all coach out of West. Troy played for us as an eighth grader last year, and we were. Just, you know, said like you definitely need to give him a look during right. winter and spring right. ball because uh, he could contribute. You know, even as a freshman, it's tough to do. Even if he just plays on special teams, and right. I like they were a little hesitant, but they gave him a try. He right. just stuck with the team over the and summer. Yeah, they don't do anything. You know, like they said, they may call some of the guys up to take a look, and then they they can probably start to figure it out pretty quick whether a guy's gonna fit in or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like physically and just on the team. You know, maturity level, that kind of thing. And they called him up, and uh, yeah, he stuck with it. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, by you know, I don't even think it was quite midseason. I think it was like his second active game. I think it might have been Warwick in, in yeah. around then. Uh, he was starting both yeah. ways, free safety and wide receiver. Trying and to think. obviously, there's growing pains going Did, from eighth grade football to varsity football. Right. It's a little bit of a jump. Just a but bit. to know that we have him for for three more three more years and his teammate Jeff Colson, yeah. you know, and uh, a very very good freshman class that went undefeated this year is is coming up to be sophomores next year, and um, you know the future is bright. Yeah, so should be fun. All right, well let's take a look at the schedule in 2018. I know that's probably why most people have stuck around this long, and we appreciate it. We know it's running long, but uh, we wanted to get to the schedule. And I mentioned this briefly at the beginning of the show, just kind of what's going on in the PIAA and in the LL League. So just a refresher here, the uh, the cycles for classifications are every two years. So I believe at the end of last year, the schools had to talk about enrollments to adjust for the 2018 and 2019 cycles. 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A. Wilson, one of the bigger schools in the state, is staying in 6A, not a surprise, but 6A will be expanding from 16 teams in District 3 to 18 teams in District 3. They're actually adding three schools, but one is being dropped to 5A based on, I believe it's male enrollment, right? It's just male enrollment? For the male sports. For the yes. Right, right. Yes. That's, I'm, yes. Yeah, football. Yep. Um, so coming up to 6A for fall 2018 and fall 2019 are Lebanon, uh, Cedarcrest, and the big one, Harrisburg. And I know people were surprised two years ago when the word came that we would be expanding the six classifications, that Harrisburg was actually going to be a 5A school. Yeah. They were one of the bigger 5A I schools. I believe they were the biggest. Were they I the think biggest? They, in, they the biggest 5A school in the state. And I think they were edged out by, by Central CD East. CD East was the smallest like 6A school. two male yeah. students or something. It was something really close yeah. like that. Yeah, well, that same thing happened happened this year. And while we're saying hello to Lebanon, Cedarcrest, and Harrisburg, we're actually going to say goodbye, at least in terms of playoffs, to Warwick. Warwick yeah. will actually be one of the bigger 5A schools now, taking kind of taking the place of Harrisburg. I thought maybe CD East could drop because they were on the borderline. Right, right. But the, the 6A 
figures and, actually increase. Right. And so. another thing to remember, and I think you, you mentioned this, but like you don't classify into your divisions by district. That's a statewide thing, and the districts then have to kind of adjust right. based on those numbers. But it's not like, oh, the top 16 schools in District 3 are this. No. no. it's That's why some of the districts like State College are the only like 6A school right. in their district. Yep. Like, um, so, yeah, it, this is a statewide classification, and then the districts have to kind of That's why they play in the mid-10. And, and that's why in like AAA, like, they had their district championship this week, you know, instead of because just the well, way one it's and two A they had it the, the first week, right? Because like, there's some throughout the, there are some the districts that literally take the regular season standings and that's how you play a championship game. Yeah, like there are no play like the, right. there's playoff for the championship. Yeah, kind of like the old baseball days, like way back. I think actually the original NFL like decades ago might have taken the top two regular <coughs> teams and pitted them in the NFL championship before it was even the Super Bowl. Uh, so District Three obviously doesn't do that. They will still have, I believe, eight teams making the playoffs. But you're going to see that playoffs are actually starting a week earlier, which means they're going to end a week earlier. So the first weekend in December is going to be the state championship games next year. I know there's there been a lot are, of people talking for that, and that's how most states, I think, align. Yeah, and and that was the goal of this reclassification. Now it's going to take over two years because we moved to six A last year prior to 2016. And we're moving the championship games in the state to the first weekend of December in 2018. So there are no buys. We thought, talked about earlier this year when schedule talk came up that there could be a buy thrown in. Yeah. But we're losing. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So eight out of 18, six eight teams make the playoffs in District 3. So it's the same as the last two years. It's just there's two more teams competing for those spots. Besides the classification changes, there are league changes. Lancaster Lebanon League changing sections one two and three first the easy one again that this is uh, through enrollment numbers conestoga valley who is in section one those are the usually the bigger schools in the ll league section one the last two or actually conestoga valley was up here the last four years yeah. they're dropping down to section two the team that's moving up will be cedar crest they've spent the last two years in right. section familiar two. section one so cedar so. crest coming back up to section one wilson will get to play them for the first time since 2015 now the bigger changes are what's happening with two other schools one from section one one from section two being sent to section three this broke in january this past year justin alerted me to i believe a um a reinhardt post yeah about issues and changes going on in the ll league Lebanon moving from section one to three, Ephrata dropping from two to three, and it's all for competitive balance. That's what the LL League um, moderators have decided. It's so, hard to argue against that. Right. But, but it inter- introduces something a little bit interesting. Especially so, in a number of ways. For, just real quick, this doesn't really affect Wilson as much, but Lancaster Lebanon section three next year, I believe, is going to have 10 teams. Right. So you have nine league games. They play one non league game, and then they play nine league games. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, I just find that interesting. That is kind of cool from that aspect of it, but that's, that could be a brutal schedule. Oh, for sure. So six teams in section one, six teams in section two, 10 teams in section three, meaning without the LL stepping in, you're going to have uh, <laughs> a lot of non conference games. Yeah, you'd have almost half. Yeah. So LL said, well, why don't we just make it mandatory? that section one and section two have a crossover rivalry game and we'll do it 
you know, the, the most competitive teams, the best team from section one plays the best team from section two. So if you follow Wilson football or district three football, LL football, you know that the best team in section two for most of the time that section two has existed, say for one, two years when Wilson was there, one year they came out on top, but the year that they didn't come out on top, this team came out on top. Uh, if the name Jeff Smoker means anything to you, or um, a team that's won a state title in, I think, what, 12 years ago? was yeah, Man in Central. Yep. They also are the runner-ups in uh, league winning streaks <laughs> now that Wilson took that from them. Uh, the Man I'm Central Barons will be Wilson's crossover game. And that was kind of forced upon Wilson because yeah. we are uh, like basically a charter member of the league, uh, invited to things without any ability to voice our opinions like we can you know drew can they, say they stuff, can give their opinion but, but I believe there's we're no voting like we're, yeah we Wilson they, does we not are, get the vote we are made aware of the decisions that have been made and <laughs> i believe i believe now I, I can't i don't think i can comment on um what athletic director drew kaufman knew i think it was news to him but i do remember that i think you said that we actually knew about this before the coaches did i i got that inclination that i think People were aware that something could be up, but I don't think anyone knew details. And I saw this article, and yeah. I was just like, "So, did you guys see this?" And they're like, "We're just finding out yeah, about this." Jeff Reiner posted the article. Justin and I talked about it. Then, when the coaching staff discussed it, they had found out either at the same time that we did, right. or but after. They but, did not know before we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think one of them said they found out from the Facebook post. Actually, I know some of them <laughs> found out that way. I can't speak for all of them, but I know some of them found out that way. Yes. So, a little behind-the-scenes look because at the Because some of them LL were saying, what, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Um, so, Wilson's playing Manheim Central for the next two years as part of the LL crossover game. So, Wilson have three non-league games, um, one crossover game and then six league game i guess i guess so i guess the ll sections of seven teams seven teams in one seven teams in two right. and ten teams in three i think i, think so. I said six so yeah because we have still have six we play six section games, one but, games right. one crossover, crossover game which and is technically three, a non-league right right game. three non-league games yeah so like the man i'm central game doesn't count for consecutive league victories because they're technically section victories really right. Um, so, all right, that's, that's the housekeeping of what's going on in the PAAA district three and LL league. So what's actually happening with the schedule? Let's get back to it here. Pull up the schedule. All right. So starting early, things are shifted up the, at least the main part that everyone cares about. So August 6th is the heat week or the heat acclimatization week. I believe when everyone will start their two a days, it's not full contact. It's for the kids to get, um, you know, just used to the summer weather where it's funny because Wilson's been practicing since the end of school, but a lot of teams don't. Right. And uh, this is the time for them to get used to the summer weather before they have full pads on. A week later, August 13th, the true three a day, two a day, whatever you want to call it, summer camp will start with a week of practice, but at the end of that week, you have your first scrimmage, and that will be at Parkland. It is the only scrimmage that Wilson will have, and, and every team in District 3, and maybe across the state, because I think everyone <laughs> has converted to there no longer being a week zero. It's back to week one, but it is the end of August, and not the last day of August, a week before. 
So the first game, I think, will take place before the students have a day at school. At Wilson, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that. The schedule won't get set set till next, like this winter. S- shortly, so yeah. So technically, next... I don't know. But, but it would, I would yes. think it'd be unlikely. I feel like the school would start probably maybe that usually the 27th start, or 28th. Usually would probably start, be. that's when they so, would start, typically. So Now, that actually happened in college, that happens, because I remember my freshman year at Penn State, I went to a Penn State football game before I had my first class. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, all right. Well, who is the first game? Because we're going this past year, it was Mifflin. Then we for us, went to sp- not right, for them. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, true. So, our week one was a week after week zero. Mifflin had already played a game. A lot of teams around the state had already played a game. We went to Mifflin. Then in our week two, we went to Springford. And then in week three, we hosted Central Dolphin. There was discussion in over the summer of things changing. There was rumors that week one was going to be Reading. Week one was going to be North Penn. Governor Mifflin was going to be in there. Week three, what would happen? Well, you had the option. Did you want to keep Central Dolphin? Did we want to put Spring Ford there? Which, which one of those two did we want to keep? Then week four was likely going to be Mannheim Central. So there were decisions. Reading, North Penn, Central Dolphin, Spring Ford. Is it going to be like 2016 and 17 or is it going to be completely different? Well, I'm here to tell you that Wilson's first game in 2018 will be at Central Dolphin. Wilson and the Rams are renewing their rivalry, which they have played, what, now the last four seasons? I think it started in 2014. I'm not sure. I think something uh, And like uh, Wilson won that one. And then the district championship against the Rams that year, but they've lost the last three against them, 15, 16, and 17. So Wilson will travel to Central Dolphin on August 24th, 2018, to take on the Rams in the season opener. Yeah, so get after it out of the gate, I guess. Talk about uh, trial by fire there. Not that starting with Mifflin is, you know, a walk in the park either, as we saw this year. But, yeah, man, starting with the Rams. Yeah, on the road. But, you know what, at least it's their first game, too. Yeah. (laughs) It, yes, guaranteed. This the the old week zero, the new week one. Everyone's on the same playing field, so Coach Dom should be happy about that. All right. So August thirty first, we already know this if you listen to my interview with Coach Dom at the beginning of the year, but it was approved by the schools, the athletic department, the coaches that we're going to leave the Wilson Mifflin game Labor Day weekend because everyone enjoys coming back kind for the extended the break, event, even though it's yeah. not week one. You have yeah, it's no longer week weekend. one. It's cool. It's not week 10 like when they are in the same league or anything, but still, Wilson will host Mifflin on August 31st to kick off Labor Day weekend 2018. <coughs> and Wilson will be looking to get back the Gursky Lynn Trophy that they lost this past year for yeah. the first time in its existence. So what's happening in week three? Could could we see North Penn or Reading here? Nope. We re-up with Springford. <laughs> so Wilson will have back-to-back home games. Week three will welcome back former coach Chad Brubaker and his Springford Rams team on September 7th. Like September 7th already week three. There are yeah, years that crazy. September 7th was the first game. Right, yeah. And at this point, we'll already be done with three games. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very different in terms of – I like it, though, because – Earlier in the season, games, like real games, mean better pictures for me because there's suns out. (laughs) So I'm very, very stoked that those first three games will be, you know, much more sunshine with the 7 o'clock kickoff time. It's funny, when we were growing up, I think maybe we were in junior high, things started to change, that the games used to kick at 7.30. 
Yeah, I remember that. And then they moved yeah. to seven o'clock. I think maybe when I started playing, I even maybe participated in a couple. So I'm pretty games. sure when I moved from Columbia, Columbia and Section Three, some of the schools were still kicking off at seven thirty, but the Section One games were at seven. Yeah, that that, that started in the late '90s, early yeah. 2000s. People transferred from seven thirty to seven o'clock. Just an interesting thing as I'm going through the history of Wilson football yeah. game by game, I'm noticing these things like, oh, this game was played on Saturday morning. This game was played Saturday afternoon. This game was played Friday night at 7. Or this one was at 7.30. This game was played on a Monday. This game was played on a Monday, yeah. Um, which is funny, and I had this written down. The last time Wilson played their Week 4 opponent, Manheim Central, was September 12th, 2011, which was a Monday. Why? Because the area received torrential downpours, and um, the routes to get to Manheim Central were flooded. So the game got pushed from Friday to Saturday, Saturday to Monday. Uh, Wilson won that game uh, after losing the year before in 2010. But uh, Wilson will host, or excuse me, Wilson will travel to Manheim Central to take on the Barons. First time they play each other since 2011. So it's been almost seven years to the day since uh, yeah. Wilson Manheim Central last met on the football field. So there's your uh, preseason, you know, your summer stuff and your non-league slate. So at Central Dolphin host Mifflin, host Springford, and travel to Mannheim Central. So we know the next six games are all LL teams. We know Cedar Crest is up, Conestoga Valley's gone. But who's going where and when? Now, this may get people upset as we go through this, because I know when I saw it, the, it was the first thing that I said to Justin. It's not this first game. The first game is against Penn Manor, and you'll kind of get an idea of where this is going, because if you recall, we hosted Penn Manor this year. Yeah. So. so we don't get to go to Millersville next year. Yeah. Uh, don't get to eat at the Sugar Bowl. Don't get to play at Millersville College Stadium. So we're hosting Penn Manor again, um, and that's a game to keep an eye on. And uh, we'll hopefully get to talk more about that at a later date. But the next one is the one that I just shake my head at because as if we didn't go through enough in 2017 – Hey, we found a place to eat after the. We game we did time. we did we found we found a place to to chow after the game. Hopefully a victory in 2018. That would be more fun. Yes. But we have to go to Mannheim Township again, September 28th, so 2018. Three times in less than a year. Yep, three times in less than a year. We will be in Neffsville for game six. <laughs> the end of September, we're finished with six games, more than halfway through the season. Yeah. But if uh, Wilson's to um, reclaim their crown as the beast of Section One. They're going to have to take down the Blue Streaks who have who unseated the Bulldogs this year, and that'll take place September twenty eighth. Not at home like we had hoped and expected, really. Because when I when I saw this, I I just I texted Justin immediately and said, "You won't believe where where we have to go again in twenty eighteen." All right. Well, Wilson actually is going to rotate home and away throughout the uh, league schedule. So whoa. All right. So we are going to host Hempfield, which makes sense. We right. went to Hempfield this year, so um. We have Hempfield after Mannheim Township. We'll, Which is the same in that order, the same as uh, this past year. Right, correct. It is the same I, order, just shifted up right. a few weeks. And uh, not on the road for both, which is nice. Right, yeah. Now, if you look at it that way. We're hosting Hempfield on October 5th. Then we go on the road October 12th to Warwick. Also makes sense because we yeah. hosted Warwick this year. Warwick dropping down to 5A. I'll run through that quickly. Central Dolphin, 6A. Governor Mifflin, 5A. Springford, 6A. Manheim Central, 5A, Penn Manor, 6A, Manheim Township, 6A, Hempfield, 6A, Warwick, 5A. Then in week nine, Wilson will host Cedar Crest. 
And I actually believe the last time we played Cedar Crest, we hosted them in 2015. And then, so what's the season finale? What's the only team left? We get to go to oh. McCaskey in uh, week 10, October 26th. So yeah. we get Penn Manor and technically Cedar Crest in back-to-back games at home, but we have to go to Manheim Township and McCaskey in two straight years. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. I know there was an article, you know, this happens every two years and there's always some issues <laughs> that come up. On and I think it was... Side. I'm trying to think. I don't know. The sun may still be an issue if we're on that side again at the start. It'll be really <laughs> close because that'll be like the week before the time change. I actually, I, it could have been. It was either Penn Manor or Manham Township like four or five years ago that said like an interviewer said it was like you had to come here now like three times in less than a year because the the, the schedule realignment right. happened. And, you know, it must have been there was a playoff at Township up. versus host Township. And then the next year it was host Township after when it was a playoff game right. just like this year. So. You know, if it was a Manheim Township five years ago, well, here we are. We're on the flip side of it now. It all evens out in time because we're not getting shorted. We're not playing at Township in 2019. We'll host them in 2019. Um, but, uh, yeah, so 2018, we got to go um, at Central Dolphin, at Manheim Central, at Manheim Township, at Warwick, at McCaskey. That is a brutal road schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then the playoffs there are listed just uh, FYI. November 2nd is the quarterfinals of the district three playoffs the ninth would be the semifinals the 17th would be the championship so before thanksgiving which um interested to see if that's a friday or saturday depending on what happens with the other um classifications and then thanksgiving weekend would be the state semifinals which would be the game possibly in altoona or somewhere like that and then like i said first weekend in december there's your state championship game yeah so Anything to say about that schedule? I mean, it it's an interesting, you know, like we said, man, it's going to be, not to take anything away from the league games, but kind of a murderer's row of non-league games when you, when you look at it. Yeah. You know, uh, Central Dolphin, perennial power. Governor Mifflin, perennial power in 5A. Springford, who's generally really good down in District 1, I believe. Um, but, you know, eastern side of the state. Oh, and then to top that all off, you have Mannheim Central, who's one of the best teams in District 3 every year. Yep. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. To, to comment on that, the two 5A non-leagues teams that we have are playing for the 5A district title this week. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. so hopefully they're all graduating yeah. and they're re- they have to reload. Yeah, we know that, that's a, that they'll graduate and they'll still be good with oh, those yeah, schools. Absolutely. Though, so. with, the, with the history of those schools, for sure. So, yeah, that is... Uh, that's the so, 2018 schedule, and I think that's a wrap on the Bulldog Hours third season. Yeah, so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, thanks again for everyone for uh, joining us on this ride and hanging out with us as we talk about the games, the recaps, previews, you know, milestones. I think, actually, I do think that I had a few written down here that I just wanted to mention. Uh, the win versus Red Line was Coach Doms as 137th as head coach, so he needs 15 to pass John Gursky's uh, program record of 151. It would, it would take a heck, heck of a year next year to do it. <laughs> that would be a state title. Um, so, you know. And an undefeated season. Uh, right, yeah, 15-0 and 0 season. So uh, look for that in 2019, most likely. So uh, so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, I'm, I'm never going to say never. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Do I, a 15-0 would be miraculous. That's always what you want to achieve. Uh, so it could come in 2018. I would say more likely in 2019, but... 
doesn't mean that you're not going to win the state. You can win the state title 13 and 2 or 14 and 1. Yeah. It just know. means you got to wait one more year for Coach Doms to uh, eclipse uh, right. um, Coach Gursky. Um, a few weeks back, I didn't, I missed this one, wanted to mention it, but, uh, defensive back coach Brandon Naples earned his 125th victory against Conestoga Valley. And looking ahead, offensive line coach Jeff Brubaker needs just seven wins for 225 at Wilson. And defensive coordinator, outside linebacker coach Ernie Wolver needs 13 wins for 200 with the program. And also of note, because I think this one will be met, uh, coach Brubaker's um, has a good chance of happening in 2018. This most likely will happen in 2018, uh, barring um, a, a subpar season from the Bulldogs. But Wilson's up to 789 games in history, which means should they qualify the playoffs, the uh, 2018 District 3 6A quarterfinals, Week 11, would be Wilson's 800th game in history wow. in its 74th year as a program 2018 will be the 74th season in wilson football history which means 2019 season 75 and 20 2020 75th anniversary yeah so so pretty crazy couple milestone years on the horizon uh yeah but you know keep spreading the word about the wilson football team accounts about the bulldog (laughs) hour and like like we say we're always up for support from social media and um, sponsorship advertising, we're going to work to um, refine those things in the winter and spring and get those out for the summer before the 2018 season starts. Uh, any closing thoughts from you? Uh, no, it's been fun. I look forward to uh, being back next year. So Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure. Thanks to the coaches who yeah. we talk about this all the time. We usually start the season with it, who um, give us, we say access, and we like basically – um, permission is what, well, what I generally way, mean the by way, that. The but. way I look at it is like you got to just pretend you're meant to be there. Right. And if you just do something long enough, people are just going to eventually expect. Like, like, oh, that's what they that's do. That's what they do. <laughs> like, you know, it, right. it, it's what – don't ask for, for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Or right. like maybe you don't even need to get forgiveness. You just do it and right. as long as it doesn't bother them. you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of how this entire thing began. And here we are. Um, third season. But it's I a think. lot of fun. Like, they, they don't shy away from us. They they interact with us, like, you know. Some are more happy to see us than others. Right, but off Not ca- in a negative right. way, just like, some of them don't want to Right, don't off do camera, interviews. they all are like, yeah, you yeah. know, they, they interact with us. But like, once we pop up the camera, that's when like, that's when, like, that's oh, when they're like, oh, oh I don't want to oh, do this. Yeah. No, but, yeah, so, um, and if you have suggestions or something you want to see from us, Definitely uh, send send emails our way and let us know. You know, we we would like to. We did a few media member interviews here. I want to do former player interviews, former coach interviews. I'd love to talk to um, uh, Coach Slemmer. That was almost going to happen this year, and then it just it just didn't work out with timing. And uh, you know, if there's something else you'd like to see, let us know, um, and we'll try to do it. And uh, if you continue to support us, we'll continue to try to do more and get bigger and better each year. And uh, and I'm like. Justin said thanks to the coaches and thanks to the players and their family, um, especially the seniors. It was great covering you over the last few years and look forward to uh, seeing you guys, you know, go to college and succeed there like you did in high school. And, uh, you know, maybe we can catch a game. Like we saw, I went and saw uh, Isaiah Regal and, uh, and Mason McElroy play. And I would love to see some of the other uh, former players in yeah. college. So, yeah, so good luck as you move on, and uh, good luck to the guys who will be back next year as they, uh, you know, maybe hit their their next sport or uh, kind of regroup and start getting ready for next season. So. Yep, for sure. 
Um, so that's it. This is the end of uh, episode 10 and the end of the third season. We'll be back sometime in uh, the summer with uh, the debut of season four for the 2018 season. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour. For Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program, I'm Joe Mays. And remember, go, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.